Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. The Crown Season 5 has been uh, released by Netflix today. What are we going to learn in this season? For years I've called for a more modern monarchy that reflects the world outside. I don't think it's my behaviour that's threatening its survival. You as future king have a duty. People will never understand how it's really been for me. I never stood a chance. Now, The Crown, of course, uh, is a series which dramatises the lives of the royal family. It's come under fire for bending the truth. Uh, Some critics say the show is mainly a work of fiction and have called for disclaimers on each episode to basically say this is a uh, drama and does not necessarily um, point to real life. Now, whether or not Netflix are actually going to do that remains to be seen. But we want to find out why we have a fascination with uh, this particular television programme. During uh, the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II, the uh, last season of The Crown went back to number one in uh, Ireland, let alone the UK. Here in Ireland, it went back to uh, number one in the Netflix chart. I'm joined on the line by the presenter of the home show here at News Talk and royal expert, um, Sinead Ryan uh, joins me on the line. Uh, Sinead, are you excited for the uh, launch of season five of The Crown? Hi, Adrian. Uh, I am and I'm not. I'm less excited on this series than I have been in previous ones. I'll be honest with you. I I find it somewhat problematic that it's come so near to the present day and so many of the protagonists are, are alive and... Um, well, look, uh, until, know, until recently, uh, one of the protagonists, as you say, that was in it right throughout was the Queen herself, and she only passed away recently. Indeed. And of course, there's a sensitivity following her death in September uh, that Netflix responded to by taking one day off filming, uh, but nevertheless fired ahead with this. I, I think the comments that you made about it being fictional and about it being a dramatisation, I mean, this is the point that the documentary makers, that the uh, filmmakers, cheer me, documentary is anything but, have made. But the problem is when you're dealing with real life people that, that are still with us and wh- whose actual antics are reported faithfully uh, in a lot of cases uh, in the press, uh, it, it is difficult, certainly, to link the two or to marry what it is that the Crown is trying to do. Uh, so I'm oh, not and looking and forward to What do you, what do you think relish. it's trying to do? Uh, up until this latest season, and we're going to talk about a little bit about what's in this season, but up until this, you were excited for each season. I'm, I'm curious to know why the difference now. Well, I think the direction of the Crown has changed over the years. And um, this is evident for anyone who has certainly seen uh, uh, series one to three, where very much there was a year pair show, a year pair episode, and it followed through the new cycle of the Royals. Now, it kind of took a left turn in, in season four when it decided to take seminal events and create the episode around that. And this seems to have been followed through this series, although I have to say I have not seen it uh, yet. So as a result, I, I think there is some fictionalizing that is necessary to fill the hour that is going to be per episode. So, for instance, on this particular season, we're told that Dodi Fayed, who 
tragically died with Diane in the car crash in 1997. Mm. He's getting an entire episode, which is a backstory of his own. Now, to be honest with you, his kind of involvement with the royal family over the decade that this series covers was like five minutes. Uh, so those kind of things are a little bit strange. I'm not sure I care about Dodie's backstory. I certainly don't want a whole episode devoted to it. So things like that are a little bit unsettling and a little bit unusual. And therefore, it, it, I won't be approaching it with the same interest. There was uh, what, there's one particular um, storyline uh, in this season, and that's to do with Tampon Gate, which was a conversation between uh, Charles and Camilla uh, while long before they were ever married. And um, it, I mean, it's fairly graphic. There was a lot of controversy over whether they were even going to film that, um, but they have. Yes. They have. Now, look, in fairness to Peter Morgan, who is the who is the producer here, like it did. This did happen. So this hasn't been kind of one of the makey up storylines, unfortunately. No, it did Uh, happen. And and, and that's what the story was. Indeed. And I look, it's distasteful and I'm sorry it's been included at all. But it did happen and and it did occur. It's been reimagined somewhat in this series as a letter, um, you know, uh, kind of. Not, I don't know how, to what extent it has been covered in in its all its sort of detail. It's pretty awful anyway, uh, and stuff like that. I've less problem with because it actually happened. It is real, and it somewhat goes to kind of explaining the relationship between Charles and Camilla, who are now, of course, the king and queen. So how embarrassing is that for them? Mm. Interestingly enough, the actor that plays Charles, Dominic West, who, yes, who's he wasn't overly happy about way, it. He didn't want to do it at all. He no. thought it was dreadful and distasteful and all that. No, he got over himself and he is playing it and here we are. But look, he t- he's kind of gone down the line of blaming the media for having transcribed it in the first place. I mean, those of a certain age will remember that some of the lurid tabloids in the UK set up phone lines where you could phone in and listen to the transcript. <laughs> I mean, it was an extraordinary thing. Um, but to have it included now is, is certainly... Uh, disrespectful I, I would think but nevertheless you could argue look it, it did happen and therefore they're not making it up Okay now obviously uh, this season season 5 deals with the 1990s uh, a very difficult year or a decade for uh, the royal family with divorces and uh, the tragic passing of uh, Diana in 1997 um, but your, your, your main concern is dramatising a story about people who, uh, in most cases, are still alive. Yeah, there's there's a few episodes that are happening of events that just simply did. It's completely speculative, things that didn't happen. And, and I have more problem with that than the, the likes of the tampon gate thing. I mean, for instance, there's an episode devoted to Prince Philip and a friendship that he ha- had throughout his life with a woman called Penelope Natchville. She's the, now the 70-year-old uh, Countess of Mountbatten. Uh, now, there's zero evidence anywhere that they enjoyed more, any more than a lifelong friendship. She mm. was also a friend of the Queen's. And there has been a storyline created where it, there is an innuendo and a strong implication that that developed into something more. That isn't true. There's a whole storyline about Charles approaching then Prime Minister John Major trying to find out if his way his mother, the Queen, could abdicate so that he could take over. 
utter nonsense. Major has come out now himself and said, utter nonsense never happened. There's issues about the fire at Windsor, at, at this Queen's so-called Annas Horribilis. Uh, a lot of that just didn't happen. The protagonists in the episode weren't there. The only person in the castle that night was Andrew. So things like that, they just all add up to not quite right. Okay, do you not, uh, do you not think that people can look at it and realise that, you know, it's not, it's not all true? Well, of course we can. You can and I can. And anybody who is living on this side of the pond can absolutely do that. But this crown has been uh, geared towards an American audience. They are less, I'm going to say discerning, but but it's fair to say the royals just aren't reported as much over there. But they're fascinated by them. And as a result, there's an awful lot of people who would pick this up as real life. Okay, so, uh, so Netflix uh, writing it and producing it in the way they have, they sexed it up basically. Indeed. And I mean, even some of the people who were involved as consultants, Jemima Khan, former ex, uh, ex-wife of Imran Khan, the, the Pakistani uh, cricketer and PM, uh, she was involved because she was a very, very close friend of Diana's and she was brought on board as a consultant to it. But she asked for her credit to be removed afterwards. Right, okay. Um, so unhappy was she. she, she she was so unhappy with the way it's portrayed. It doesn't help that she was she's linked romantically to Peter Morgan, by the way. So there's ongoing drama within drama. Okay, let me bring in uh, some more calls on this. Uh, Michael is on the line in uh, Dublin. Michael, uh, like myself, I haven't. I've d- dipped in and out with the odd time when my wife might be watching it. But you don't watch uh, The Crown. Why not? Well, firstly, I don't watch it because I don't um, read or look at. Uh, biographies or autobiographies and uh, my decision not to look at it appears to be uh, a very good decision. I'm I'm really concerned about uh, some of the um, hype that has has surrounded this and some of the lies and uh, untruths that have been um, put out there. Uh, That that could affect anybody. If that was any family other than the royal family there would be major major uh, repercussions for, for Netflix. Um, well, I, mean, I, I, I was interested to read uh, something that, for example, Prince Harry said about the Crown. He said it's fictional, but it's loosely based on the truth. Of course, it's not strictly accurate, but it gives a rough idea of the pressures of putting duty and service above family and everything else. That's what Prince Harry said. Well, but Prince Harry has his own truth, which has no relation to the truth. Well, in your you opinion, know, so in your opinion, in, in my in, in, in my opinion. I have, I have my own truth, just as Harry has his own truth. But the, the whole thing is just hyped up and just to create uh, um, um, people's uh, a false view of what's going on. Uh, like they, they would do okay, it do with you, any do you, family. Do you think a show like this should have a disclaimer at the very start stating that this is fictional? Yes, I do think so. And I think... Uh, what, what, yeah, because... There are people out there who didn't go through this at the time are going to think this is the actual truth. Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair point. That, enough to yeah, no, and that's, that was what uh, Sinead said a moment ago where it comes to uh, people in America watching this on Netflix will uh, look at it, watch it and believe everything that was said on it was true. Let me bring in another call uh, and that is Linda in Meath. Uh, Linda, good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. Hi, yeah, thank you. I, I've been listening to the comments and I would agree with some of both sides, to be honest. I mean, I 
I I will watch the latest series of The Crown, I have to say. I love it. I'm fascinated by it. But then again, I suppose it's easy for, like Sinead was saying, people this side of the pond because they're not our royal family. So I look at it from, you know, the way I would look at any film. But when you're looking Netflix. at it, when you're looking at it, are you looking at it thinking that what you're seeing actually happened or do you accept in your own head that Netflix might have bent the truth a bit? No, I when I look at it, I see it as a work of creative nonfiction, as they call them. You know, and it's the same, I think, in my opinion, for almost every biography or every true life film um, that they put on television. So I reckon in my head, it's about 40% real, 60% creative. Um, it's what they do to get you know, viewers to be able to sell advertising space. I get that. But I'm I just I'm fascinated by it. But I because don't the, the, get the, the, the reality of it is um, a, a show like this could never be 100 percent accurate, because as John Major said, the only people that know the con- any conversation I had with Prince Charles are me and him. So Ex- exactly. It, they are probably the most private, untouchable family. Um, that I've heard okay, of. Okay, so because they so, are so private, it's it's reasonable for Netflix to just kind of make it up? No, I don't, it's not reasonable for anyone to make up untruths about living people. I, I don't think so, but it happens. It, it's it's life. I mean, like, if it were any other family or any other true life autobiography or film that's made about a family, there's always elements of untruths in it. All right, thanks for very much. For creative Lee. purposes. Thanks for your call, uh, Linda. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.